it's a fine line between, you know, drinking wine and squashing grapes, as we say in this business. And sometimes it's very subtle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rooney Rules Podcast, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Schwinn, here with my good buddy, Brett. Brett, how are you doing today? It's crazy what a week can do. Who knew all we needed was a potluck, the (laughs) ultimate potluck of giving thanks, and then thanks are given back to us, and we win. I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. What's 100 plus 100 plus 100 plus 100? That's 400 yards? That's 400. (laughs) And it's the eye of the tiger. We looked straight dead at it, and we went for 400 yards with Nomad Canada, man. (laughs) I am so excited. The fact that you jumped in right right there. Dude, it gets the biggest news in the the last three years. So I have the dates if we're starting there. go. Yeah, so Matt Canada was hired as the quarterback's coach in 2020 but didn't take the offensive coordinator position until 2021. Um Zero 400-yard games under Matt Canada. Zero? You're Week saying zero? Of 2020 a, a was, the last time, was the last time that the Steelers had scored 400 yards of offense. Or, yeah, scored. Uh, obtained 400 yards of offense in a game. So Big Ben years in the making. Yeah, just... I understand that from the outside it might sound stupid that we scored 16 points and we're this excited about yardage, but you haven't been in the trenches, all right? We've been in the trenches, and it's been bad. And we had... Talked about it earlier this year multiple times, and we were even talking about how we were going to count it every single time because we haven't seen it. This was not a pretty game, but progress is progress, and I'll take that every single time, man. And I am what a difference a week makes. I just I can't say it enough. Like I feel like I'm I'm back again. <laughs> I'm all the way back. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> Dude, I can't I can't help it. I cannot help it. I just kept making the joke all week. Um, I was hanging out with my brother who's a Bengals fan, and I kept making the joke every time, like, unlocking Kenny Pickett. He's unlocked. He's unlocked on Sunday. (laughs) And not that Kenny did anything. Kenny had a good game. We're going to get into that. But not that we were, okay, some phenomenal offense. But we got to see some things that we've been waiting to see, and it was exciting. And I'm excited. Yeah, I need I need you to lead me in a little bit because by the time I had some family stuff going on, I had to take a kid to dance. By the time I got back, my, my streaming service was down. I was texting you like, hey, were you watching the game right before? So mm-hmm. I had some technical difficulties. I turned it on with eight minutes left in the first quarter, and the first thing I see is Kenny Pickett get sacked. Uh, yeah, so, okay, this is what I want to say. We start the game with the ball, and legitimately the first play, I called it. Well, I called the wrong receiver. I thought it was going Deontay. It is a huge pass up the middle to Fryermuth. Number one. Finally found that man. Number two, finally passed to the middle of the field. Like, it was a one-two punch off the rip of things we were hoping to see against the Browns. And it was just like, it was so calculated and so obvious as to what we should have been trying this whole entire season. And it was like, oh, okay. Maybe we got a little something here. Now, the drive ends up fizzling out a little bit. We do a couple passes to the flat, as is tradition. That's kind of our team. And that's okay. And, and, and... The one thing I wanted to say about this, I, I've i seen Miles Boykin. I know I made a Miles Boykin joke earlier in the year about Miles Boykin. He's been fine for special teams. I've seen him do some good things. But he makes this boneheaded like play on the punt that was just like, yeah, it was just really stupid. Either way, gives them good field position, and I just like kind of was worried. Like these little, I think we're going to win this game. I think we're going to win every game, but I wonder – hey, could these little mistakes add up? And I think they ultimately made it a closer game than it needed to be. But, yeah, just those little things. Miles Boy can get it together, bro. We've, we've talked about margin of error, right? Yes. And that's those little things early in the game already have it in your head. Like, man, how many of those can we afford? Well, with a team that wins literally one possession games only and nothing else, yeah, margin error. It's a game of inches, and for us it's legitimately, like, quarter inches. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's closer than ever. It's a game of Kenny's hands Yeah, up. so – um. Right back, whenever they got the ball back, I, I made some notes just like it was a short possession, but like we have two guys that are additions to the team and Keanu Benton and Roberts, Landon Roberts, mm-hmm. who have like stepped up. Roberts has looked amazing. So they both made plays right off the get. We were getting great, great pressure off the rip, and TJ Watt gets a huge sack to get us off the field. TJ Watt. My man is back on it after this game. You know, he was having a great game out there. He's running all over the place. 
I just I love seeing him active, and I love seeing him get sacks, of course, you know? And I didn't say it. The sack stat tracker. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was um, it was kind of crazy. So, so that was like – it was like our little toss back. Both teams had some little drives, whatever. No big deal. It's all fine. Whenever we get the ball back, it was it – was, we, we were running these running plays, right? And I was wondering – I start seeing like it's a lot of outside runs, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is fine, but it can be really dangerous in the NFL. Some of those pitch plays can get – eaten up really quickly for huge losses when they work they work Jalen Warren's a great example whenever he cuts back inside takes it 74 yards but when it doesn't work you could have a five-yard loss which is just as bad as a quarterback sack you know so I was a little bit concerned early on just thinking about what our running game was going to look like and if we were just going to try to maximize on the success we had running the ball outside so just something that I was like worried about early on I mean Rightfully so. All of Steeler Nation is worried. Like, we're worried, worried. <laughs> like, this entire game. Like, why wouldn't we be? Yeah, you had a chance to beat a team that was down you know, down a quarterback, obviously the, the center of their franchise. So, yeah, you, you definitely want to run the ball well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was something that they did better as the day progressed. Have you already gotten to the Deontay play? Because that was one of the it's first. It's coming up. So, this, is, this okay. is the drive. This is the drive where I felt like early on we were running the ball decent. And it looks like we were – the offense looks different, and it has me hopeful. And it, we, we look like we have some juice for once. You know, the team is obviously energized, galvanized, if you will, which is the which is a pro uh, – that's a pro word to use in, in analysts and, I guess, yeah, journalists speak. We galvanized. That's a, that's a Tony this, Romo right? word yes, right there. Yeah. Definitely. So I, I feel like they look juiced. Kenny's holding the ball a little bit too much again. You know, constant problem with him. I love when he makes a play, but if – I notice sometimes when he's holding the ball, not even that he needs to throw it away, but if you're going to hold it, make a play. Make a play, you know? It's like, I think we have a little bit of hope that Kenny can be this big Ben because we watched it for so long, but, like, typically your quarterback doesn't need to be holding the ball. Unless he's willing to step up in the pocket, make that throw, like, it's just not. And and it wasn't happening early, and it had me a little bit frustrated. We had a big third third and 14, right? Right down the scene. Dude, I, tell me. Tell me when you've seen us convert on those. We don't even really try. And this is what I'll say. I think a lot of fans get frustrated because we end up in these third and long situations and you don't see us going for the first down. But that's not a typical NFL thing to do. When you're in a third and long of that, it's not realistic when guys are playing that far back on the sticks that you're going to pick it up. And we have a few times with some little warm plays or whatever, just some effort plays. But mm-hmm. realistically – Trying to force something over the first down marker isn't really an NFL-type play call, right? And that's kind of been our Achilles heel is third and longs, I feel like, a lot of this year. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it was, and I think that you just alluded to it so perfectly because in the league, you might have one look, right? The quarterback's first read might be something that could potentially convert it. But mm-hmm. if the defense shuts that down, then he's looking off into something that maybe just makes the punt a little bit. More appealing because if you're gonna to force yards, an interception, right. you might as well just punt it. Right. That's it's literally yeah yeah that doesn't make sense unless you're throwing it far as you could punt it the arm punt. And so this just felt like holy crap! Somebody schemed up a play where there was a first read that could be convert you know that but could potentially convert, and they didn't see it coming because we haven't thrown it all year. And that and boy, then it was executed. That boy Muth was on fire. I was going to try and save it because he just made so many plays all day. We're going to say his name a ton, but you can't understate how important he is. He, he was this week. And thinking back to it, he's been gone so much over the course of his yeah. first couple seasons. You tend to forget how important he is to the offense. Well, and him and Kenny have a true connection. If mm-hmm. you, it, whenever he's truly in the game, I know he worked his way back last week and we don't talk about that week. But at the same time, we expected to see a lot more of him, thought he could be a difference maker going into the Cleveland game, and you didn't see him at all. Did he have a catch? I don't, I don't think he had a catch. So, so and But in the past, we've seen a lot of that connection, especially in the red zone. Kenny and Muth kind of have that connection, which is great. You love to see that between the tight end and the quarterback, and we weren't seeing that. So to see, first of all, Muth getting the ball. Secondly, Kenny's putting the ball on him. He's putting the ball on him, and Muth is running great routes just getting open. Like, the kind of stuff that you see Kelsey do where he essentially runs to a zone and then finds the open spot. Because mm-hmm. uh, Kenny was finding him at the sticks for big third downs in important situations. This is the first instance I want to bring up that this is the type of offense we hope to see. 
Like we we knew we had some talent on the outside at receiver. We knew we had a talented inside guy at tight end. Some other playmakers at you know wide receiver three and four, whatever. Un, doesn't really matter that much. But also two great running backs coming into the year. So it, this team is slowly but surely turning into something that we hope to see early on. And I hope we can really build on this because I think I don't think talent's ever been an issue with this offense. And you watch bad teams and. I would consider us a bad team for a good part of this year. Yes, we have wins, but I don't think anybody's looking at the offense and saying it's a good off. Let's say a good offense, right? But I think we've always still stood behind the fact that we had talent. We just had to kind of put it together. And you're starting to see a little bit more of that. And if you can have Muth opening up because he's also needing attention as well, all of a sudden that stuff on the sidelines, those things that the wide receivers can do, Deontay Johnson with his routes, Pickens going long, suddenly that stuff looks a lot better than these forced sideline throws that we were seeing the entire season. And that's why I was so excited, just not only for the big play, but to be like, we're doing what we should be doing to open up everything else. Yeah, the the offense took a big step forward, and I understand people from the outside are going to try and crap on it and say, oh, you still scored 16 points. That's okay. Steps. Steps in the right direction. The Win. points are going to come. We oh, had a we couple do. We're not going to apologize yeah. for winning. No, that's it. That's just it. We're never going to apologize for winning, and I'm never going to stop saying that either. I'm a grass is greener type of guy, so that's you know I'm going to find the positive in it anyway, no, no matter how much somebody tries to dump on it. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing the game next week, man, because it's – I those guys that are calling plays, the duo that has taken over the position mm-hmm. of offensive coordinator, those guys don't have any experience doing that. Uh, so Faulkner was, I believe, for the Giants. One or the other two. Like they they do, but like it's not a lot. Like, and I think the other what was the other guy's name. Do you know? Is Faulkner and I don't know. The okay, other one off the top of my we head. should, but that's fine. Uh, nobody would. I wanted to talk about them for a minute, right? Uh, so. The outfit choices were hilarious. Yeah, I saw. I and and they couldn't be more polar opposite people, <laughs> personality-wise, on the sign. You got one guy who's just, like, mean-mugging the whole time, looks serious business, you know, regular hoodie, just, you know, chilling, like, you know, fine. And then you have a guy in the bright yellow, <laughs> like, jacket out there just, like, animated. I was loving the contrast, you yep. know. I, I think it was great. And it was something the players commented on was just the communication that was out there. We gonna call it good coach, bad coach. I think it, it pretty much <laughs> was good coach, bad coach. Yeah, and I think there is something to be said about how we promoted running back coach, which is something we've ran really well, mm-hmm. and we promoted quarterback coach. So you have two contrasts of like the offense of different styles, and. It makes sense, I guess, if you're not going to hire somebody outside or just promote one person to have, okay, let's work with what we have. And these guys already know how to communicate with these guys. They're their individual groups that they work with this entire offseason coming into the season, the whole season. So, yeah, it's great to see that and see the communication. And you just said the magic word twice. Communication. Communication. And we're going to – can we can we stifle that, one, yes, that yes, point let's for the get moment back to this. so we're back to the game yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're definitely going to talk communication and as it pertains to coaches – uh, I just loved the, the yellow end. jacket. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, they looked great. It was aggressive move, but really cool also. All so right. the Deontay drop on second down. Right in the before back of that, the end I zone. just want to say this. This is where Najee started running the ball aggressively. Oh yeah, I got that. He right was running too. hard, and he argued with the ref at one point about a first down, and he was like very adamant about no, I, I got that first down and like got it, and like it was great. So like. Najee on this is where we see like this is Najee's game dude the play where he runs into the pile and you're just waiting for the whistle to blow it dead and it doesn't come oh, and it doesn't come that and was... then all of a sudden the pile disintegrates and here comes Najee bounding out of the other side what for we've been waiting more for. yards like that's what we've been waiting for those type of plays <laughs> so good and, and he's capable and I think he's always been capable of it but something just felt different it felt different so Yes, we get down, and we have the Deontay Johnson touchdown. What do you feel about this? Uh, I felt like the league was consistent with this call all weekend. There were many plays that were reviewed this weekend from Thursday to Sunday that were a catch and then two steps, and then the question was, is there an element of time or is there a third step or a football move or whatever? Yeah. And I do feel like they were consistently getting it. The the calls were at least consistent across the league, which was nice. I think if it was called a touchdown – I don't know if it gets overturned. I would have liked to seen Tomlin take another look at it just for the heck of it. I think it was close enough. After watching it again, it probably stands just because of what they called it on, but I think it was pretty close. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
I feel like the referees change their mind about what the rule is about maintaining the ball through the ground. Like it, it seems like some seasons they hold that as like the ultimate truth and other times they don't care. So I would have liked them to at least taken another look at it. And especially since it wasn't called a touchdown, because if it was a touchdown, they would have had to. Right. And, and that would have been one thing, but I, I wouldn't have hated to see a Tomlin challenge. There probably ends in a Tomlin challenge loss as is tradition, but well, yeah. hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Because the very next play is it the It felt like it fumble. didn't matter. I don't yeah. think it felt like it mattered at that point. It was third and short. It felt like we were going to get a first down. We are going to be first and goal yep. cooking. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Only, only after you see Jalen Warren put it on the turf that you're like, oh, we should have challenged the play. So this is this this play is a big deal right it now. It is, yeah. So, I, I, okay. I'm going to let you lead. Sure. Uh, so... Deontay Johnson is on the flank on the side where Jalen Warren makes his cut. Mm -hmm. He does eventually cut back inside and the ball goes on the ground, but there's enough bodies around. Now, granted Deontay wasn't doing a great, it's not like he was engaged in a block. It's Mm -hmm. not like he was putting a lot of effort in on the play to begin with. Yes. But I do think that it's, it's quite possible that he just didn't see the fumble. Yeah, I agree with you. And if you watch the play, Obviously, the guy guarding him was also not doing anything. So I feel like that was one of those things where they just both had this, like... I think that happens a lot in football, and even the commentators kind of touched on it as to how, like, yeah, you should go up there and engage and make it look good, but ultimately, in those type of football players, both guys know, like, nothing's going to happen. They just have to keep each other honest, basically. And that's kind of what you saw. I think it's easy to look at it as a lack of effort play. It didn't look good, though, at all. No, the combination of, like, the reports through the week with the argument. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick yeah, wanted to knock, knock his block off. That that whole thing followed by that play. Like, it was headline. It was national news this morning. Good Good morning football did it. And uh, played it a hundred times, I heard. Yes. So. Yeah, and I've seen it a lot, too. I think it's a little overdrawn. I just... I actually, I'm going to say this. I think there was a lack of effort by everybody after the fumble on that play. Agree. I, I And... That's why I want to point out. That's Con- why there were five the convoy of blockers running down the field. With and the Connor game. Hayward, thanks, thank you for thanks, Connor pal. Hayward because yeah. he saved that touchdown because he was the only one that seemed to take it seriously and made a great hit to save the touchdown. And if he doesn't have that, the you know, I guess the if he's loafing like everybody else is exactly, loafing. yeah, he he got the angle, he got squared up and made a great tackle as well. You know, so. That looks like it was a little shades of getting tackled by his older brother or something earlier on. But I was thankful I, I noted that because I thought that was a great play. Because when it happened, even the way the broadcast felt, it felt like it wasn't possible it was a fumble. It felt like a dead play, like yeah. whatever. It didn't really seem like anybody was moving. And well, The broadcast says, oh, there's there's been no whistle. Oh, my goodness, there he goes with the ball. Like, and it was definitely a fumble. I think it's worth noting about... Jalen Warren making a mistake and it's okay. Like it happens. And mm-hmm. it's not like we see him make multiple. So it's, I'm not going to be too harsh there, but it's definitely the first time he kind of, I wonder if it affected his output this game in some way. Not that he stopped trying to fight for yards like he always did, but he definitely didn't have quite the game that he has the last few weeks. And he got a lot more touches than he had been getting. I think that this is a game where you, you saw the contrast in our backs, right? Yeah. Where, the guys making the tackles were more ready to tackle the shifty player and less ready to step up and tackle the guy that's going to run through you. I would like to point out, too, I think this is a point I've made over and over, and you can attest to it. I've I've made it very clear how I, I do like Najee Harris, and I feel like the looks he gets, well, before this game, the looks he was getting the running plays compared to the looks that Warren were getting and how Warren was making opportunity, yes, out of his touches, but he was seemed to be getting the more unique type runs, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt like this game, Najee got a lot of different looks. Like, we got to see him work. So the broadcast kept talking about him lining up behind the quarterback and not side saddle? Yeah. I guess I didn't really realize, but then once they drew we my attention to We used to run the pistol it, a lot. Yeah, and he's... He was running great yesterday. He, so. It looked like he and, – and that's also why people were kind of using it as a downfall to his running style. They were saying it seemed like he needed to get ahead of steam, and he wasn't being able to get that in the way we were running him before. Well, maybe lining him up back there allows him to get that progression yeah. to where he, he's running downhill, and, and he's a big boy. He's a big boy, but he's also a really good outside runner, and I think – it's great to see him hit some holes, but also have the ability to break free and do a little bit of work. It was just comforting. I'm 
I'm just happy for Najee. I think he deserved this this 100-yard game. They might have took him back down to 99 whenever I checked it last. He deserved a game like this because although it's been a tough season, he's progressively gotten better statistically, and he also has been very consistent in his attitude towards the team. For as much discourse as there's been about Jalen Warren taking his job and Najee's a first-round bust and all of everything, and we've had to talk about it as well, He's always maintained a positive attitude, and he goes out there and, and takes the bulk of the carries week in and week out where we couldn't do anything with he who should not be named at the helm. I think that um, the fact that there wasn't any type of discipline or you know the fact that whenever Najee said his statement about how he felt about the offense and about the team, the result was the coordinator going. It was a big deal. It was. He's always positive. He's always like, he never, he's never been that type of player. He's always like the dude's very soft spoken, always like saying, like he seems like a genuine dude. So for him to be that frustrated, it definitely felt like it was a difference maker. In my opinion, I think a lot of the guys respect him in the locker room, whether or not, you know, outside people can talk about being, you know, his lack of production or thereof, by the way, if you didn't know, since week five, we have not only the number one running back with rushing yards, but we also have the no- tied for fifth running back in rushing yards. So, yeah, we're doing that thing. Wow. We run the ball. That's what we do. So I love, I love it. Bro, th- I, this. So we've, 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 I feel like we've covered the full spectrum of coaching, right? But this, this is a type of season where I'm, I'm like, okay, we're watching the progress, and I don't know if it's this podcast or if it's everything that's happened or if it's a combination of just me paying more attention, but, like, seeing this team really truly develop has been a lot of fun. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So the Najee play that I referenced where he moves the pile and comes out the other side, the broadcast says, well, that's 120 yards offense for the Steelers in the first quarter, and I have in my notes, like, they can't possibly be right. I missed half the first quarter, but the that blink- can't possibly That guy be blinking, right. that was my meal. <laughs> What? Um, but at this point, that is the end of the first quarter. They essentially make that announcement, and the second quarter starts. You got anything else you want from the first quarter? Should we move on to? Uh, Kenny hit a really great ball on third and short. We went deep to Deontay. Hit him in yep. stride. First play of the second quarter. Oh, the second quarter. Oh, sorry, my bad. I thought yeah. I had that. Okay, first play of the yeah. second quarter. We're right there. What a great ball, dude! Great. Throw. What a risky call. I mean, I think Mike Tomlin went on record. He said we were making uh, we were making calculated risks or something that, that we weren't before. He said that was the difference maker. Calculated risk, or he used some other Tomlin. He has a great vocabulary. We, the, there was a couple plays that we saw, like the play to Pickens where he laid out and ended up knocking the wind out of himself. I yeah. felt like that was another one where it was close. Like maybe the, the drive down in distance didn't dictate shot play, but whenever they got out there and saw the coverage, hey, we're going to take that shot. But And it felt different than I, – I saw us try to do that under Canada, but it felt like we were doing it – we were just getting better looks. I don't know what – it just it just felt better. Yep. So there's a play where Fryermuth gets tangled up and fell down where I thought, you know, it was right after the Deontay throw that was also a good ball. Yeah. Um, it had a little more air under uh, it than Ken- we're used to Kenny's seeing. Kenny's arm Kenny got hit it. on that play. Uh, it happened a couple times this game. Well, that was the third down. Oh, okay. Because the, the third down throw was ugly. But I oh, thought right, the right, throw right. Yeah, to yeah, Fryermuth yeah. where he got his legs tangled up and fell down was actually a good ball. Yeah, yeah. That was – that. I agree. I got a little mixed up there. But, yeah, Kenny's, Kenny's arm got hit a couple times this game. And yeah. Just want to see him step up a little more, feel that pressure. I know there's nothing you can do in the game. It's easy for us to say seeing it, but if it's happening a lot, then we got to adjust. I want a center. That's what I want. Mason Cole has done a serviceable job for the contract they signed him to. I want a guy that is going to clear out and give Kenny space to step up whenever the edges are good. I think it's obvious that our pass protection has been lacking, Mm -hmm. and that's been the big problem. The guys have been going credit to the O-line for the adjustments they made for the running game. The running game's done a complete 180 since Broderick Jones started. Ever since he came in for Dan Moore and then even started on the other side, it's been day and night. Yep, Broderick so, Jones was a huge difference maker. He's that boy. You know, like I I can't say anything else. So, yeah, I mean, at least we get some points. You know, it felt a lot. Yeah, ugly a little, third down, but Boz comes out and makes it 3 nothing. And we're driving the ball. Yeah, we're getting yards. We're moving it. You feel good. Uh, bad kickoff. Gets returned out to the 45 from the Bengals, which is a rare special teams miscue for us. Yep. Just kind of, it happens, man. It's the way the game goes sometimes. And then we see the first of a couple lucky tip 
plays that come down with Jamar Chase where our guys are getting hands on the I ball and the th- tip drill I counted three. Chase. Like, was it three? Uh, at least for three sure. plays. Two of them went to Jamar Chase and one went to somebody else. But these are all plays like you can't even really be that upset about it. Two of them were Casey, actually. Yeah. And yep. just making coming up, making a great play on the ball like this one. And it's unfortunate. Heads up play by Jamar Chase. But m- most of the time, that's an interception. Yeah, not going to make a living on that. And this game isn't even close as it ends up being. So it was frustrating. This this is where I started to get a little bit frustrated just because I felt like we were clearly the better team. Yeah. But this, but it was just pure chaos like every single week. And I'm just like, what is – but for once, I actually felt confident though. Like I felt like that a few other games – but this game, I really felt like we were the better team. And regardless of all these outside factors, tip passes, good kick returns, whatever, I still felt like, even after this drive, like we were the better team of the day and we could pull it out. Yeah, this drive ends with a Drew Sample touchdown on a tight end drag in the weak side. There was just nobody home. And, he ran and over I loved, his own teammate. I love that he ran over his own guy at the goal line to get in. That's good work, dude. Rumbling, good for stumbling, you. Bumbling. Drew Sample. I think that he's an Ohio State product, I believe. That sounds right. That sounds right. They got a couple of those guys. So Matt Washington starts out our next drive with a play, and mm-hmm. I love it because I just wanted to bring up the name Brandon Jacobs because it's been a while since I've seen somebody that I'm so certain is going to fall forward. Yeah. it's been Brandon Jacobs was the last name that stood out to me of someone that, like, every time he touched you, you're like, that dude ain't getting brought down for less than three. He's yeah. falling forward for That's three. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. He was hard. No, Matt Washington. I just love him. He's a big <laughs> dude. It doesn't make sense why he's catching passes. You see him out there. When they show the replay, it's hilarious. It doesn't. It looks like it should be an illegal man downfield every single time. <laughs> like He's just such a big man. I love it. So then we start seeing clock issues. This drive kind of got wonky. Kenny makes a bad throw behind DJ, and I don't think his arm was hit on this one. So it was the first time I'm like, yeah, Kenny, come on. Um, but the clock issue was followed by a failed third down, which made it even funnier for me. Yes. Uh, but then Nick Herbig, big hit for a sack that brings on the punt team. And we still, you know, he came flying. Dude, that was a great hit. It was awesome. How many is that? Three, two or three for him. I mean, it's a minimum two. He might have a third sack this year, but he's Mm -hmm. another guy rookie. Yes. Making serious contributions for a rookie. We've made some great additions this off season. Yeah. I I think in, although we lost some of the other guys, injury, whatever, but like, what we it can't be stated enough of what we did in the offseason in the draft free agency everything we've done and even for as harsh as we've been on peterson he's made some good plays on the back end and i feel like we're finding a better role for him in this defense and um yeah man i i i, I love what con's doing i, yeah, I just think I in draft it. in general i mean you legit without even adding washington to the list you have four legit contributors as rookies yeah man that's it's, awesome it's legit so the clock malfunction is hilarious and so I love that the broadcast said, well, we think it's the two minute warning. They blew the whistle. That's, that's the best we got. <laughs> Dude, explain to me how, so <laughs> explain the, to me how they don't like CBS. It just goes off of the actual, like, I don't think that the people that are operating the CBS graphics can see the clocks on the field. Right. Cause I think those are just on the board at the bottom. Like, yeah. So how does it affect the broadcast? Because I think they're running off of the, the stadium going clock, on. whatever's on the tier. Okay. I would also like to know how that's messed up. It's just a clock. <laughs> I, I can't explain. To it's you all crazy. It, it is, what it's, is happening? This like, is, I, yeah. I, I as, think this, as this is unfolding, I'm sitting here thinking about the season going, yeah, this makes sense because you're messaging me. What is happening? I'm like, just the, the comedy of errors that has been this season at times. So, yeah, the clocks on the ribbon... <laughs> He said, "Please." He said, "He said the clocks on the ribbon are working. Please aren't working. Please turn those off." Just comes over the whoever's mic. in charge of it. Please yeah, turn those. He off. He literally like he just comes over the mic and is just getting stuff done. I love this head delegating. Ref. Like yeah. the fact that he's just willing to be like, "We got a football game to play, and if you guys can't get it figured out, we're going to figure it out." And like the fact that the alternative is to have a guy on the sideline with just a watch is so funny to me. Like, like did you see that? Like the main timekeeper yeah, just yeah. has a regular little watch. Yeah. What if the watch malfunctions? I mean, we're still using the chain gang out there too. So it, the, the digital clock, we need to update so that there is a, a, a chain gang, something doing the chain gang's Dude, job. I that, didn't have we still any... need the chains just in case. I felt like I was watching back in 1999 when there was no information on the screen at all. Like it was just like 
absolutely terrible. I think we're so spoiled now because we're used to seeing a thousand graphics about yeah. stats and this and that. But like when you used to watch, there wasn't a lot of information on the board. But rightfully so, the time would be on there usually. So I know this is way off topic, but I want to throw it in. Did you see any of the Chargers game last night? I did not. Okay, so there was a play where it was intentional grounding, I think, was the call. Okay. But it was a loss of down play, and the Chargers didn't realize that it was a loss of down play because the guy with the stick, the down marker, didn't, didn't change, change it. it. And so they come out, and they run a third down play that doesn't go anywhere, and they run the offense out there on fourth down, and everyone in the stadium's confused. And then all at once, the broadcast shows the guy with the down marker, and the ref turns and says something to him. And this guy, I don't think I've ever seen anybody realize they messed up so bad. He just slowly turns the three to a four. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon, you know, of course, uh, Chargers coach is all fired up because, yeah, you know, I ran my right. called my third down play based on. Okay. But it was it was hilarious. It's always so funny, too, to how again. the coaches get offended like they didn't know they already ran three plays. Like, <laughs> right. come on. Like, you knew. Well, this one had a penalty that was loss of down okay. instead of replay the down. So there was some. Those do happen from time to time, which I always think is so funny because the coaches get really offended. Like, what's going on out there? But, uh, yeah, so my dad's at this game. I literally texted him, told him to go down there and fix the clock. Like, the <laughs> ultimate dad move. Like, get down there and get this clock situation figured out. Who are you? Don't worry. I'm Todd. I'm going to get this clock figured out. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully this guy's watch doesn't break because then we have no idea how much time passed. We just play rugby. They were, like, making comments on the, like, on the broadcast where they were like, I guess we're just going to add extra time like it's a soccer match at the end of the half, like, which was hilarious, you know. So, yeah, that was – I feel like every week we have some hilarious referee situation anymore. The start of our next drive, we, we're running the ball so well that it's making life easier. Mm-hmm. It's you know the thing that I, I notice is that first down play calls just feel better. Second down and manageable is nice to call plays from, I'll bet. Yeah. Like, and even though the drive doesn't really go the way you want it to here, Kenny throws it away to pressure on third down. Because, yeah. like you pointed out, we had trouble pass protection again today. And that's something he needs to work on as well. Because although he's not been getting the best protection, Kenny needs to know when to step up, when to roll out, when to throw it away. And then sometimes it feels like, he picks the wrong one of those options every single time. And mm-hmm. that's kind of been my gripe and everybody else's. He's still a young quarterback, so okay, we're giving him benefit of the doubt. But those are the type of things we want to see him put together. I don't want to you know, be too critical of him because I think he had a good game overall. But, yeah, just a little bit frustrating. The next drive by them was once – this is when we had another tip pass. Yeah, tip pass. Uh, yeah. And the only other thing I really had was the, – the, so we basically gave them the entire – like we had them Half the field. deep. Yeah. yeah. So the roughing the passer on TJ Watt, what do you think about that? I, it was a soft call. But you had a chance to hit him within the play, Bro, right? No, it was a soft call. It was so obvious. Like, yeah, like he didn't hurt him, but like it was so late. Oh, it like, was very it was late. So but late. It, yeah, it's not like he went out of his way. And if he did that no, to so, Patrick Mahomes, like everybody's talking about how dirty of a player TJ Watt is. It's the exact opposite of the hit DTR took, which was clean and looked to me yeah. like it was in the chest and under the chin, but he did end up with a bloody mouth. So yeah, you know the opposite of that bro it was so late but it was more like i'm right here you better you better like i love he did that against the browns too i was upset with the play when it happened but it didn't end up costing you anything it was just a big play i mean it ended up being a 40 yard play but at the same time i also wanted to note here like jpj this is the first time i noticed like he had the deflection on third down against jamar chase another great game by him man this guy i don't know if you've seen the stats against the receivers Mm -hmm. he's played but my boy's starting to build a resume. Lock down, dude. Oh, this draft. I am. I know. I cannot. My brain. I, I'm too excited. Like, I don't know what this season's going to amount to, but I love the future of this team. Yeah, I think you get another draft like this, dude, and you're dangerous. We're cooking. We are cooking. So, yeah, man. I JPJ, man. I, you can't. Well, this is what I want to say, too. With Broderick Jones and J- Joey Porter Jr., how uncharacteristic is us? To have rookies starting. It's it's crazy. Very. It's not happened. It doesn't happen. But for as much as we want to talk about Tomlin and being set in his ways, suddenly this season presents different situations, and he has went out of his way. Now, he's starting rookies. He fires an offensive coordinator. You can say what you want about Mike Tomlin and mediocrity, mediocrity and how he's just okay with things staying the same. 
I would argue the complete opposite. That's a great point. He's doing everything he can to get this team to the next level. I think he could easily get this team to a winning record. That's high-level analysis, Schwinn. I like that. I haven't been thinking about it that way. Thank you. That's why he's a great coach, and that's why we love him. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I, I just, before the half ends, I just really, truly feel like we're the better team. Yeah, yeah, we're getting that. Kenny gets a chance with the two-minute offense, about a minute and a half left in the game. Three straight completions get us on the move before we got to take timeout with a minute six left. Broderick Jones catches a hold here, but again, you know, we've it's talked so much about how good they yeah. are. Yeah, whole lot of nothing before half, but I'm okay with it. I still feel like we're the better team. Well, so I did have this down just because I wanted to. I, I hated yeah. one play call, but okay. that's the the third and seventeen is a draw to Warren right at the end of the half, right? Yeah, and you didn't gain anything like the draw play there. We talked about it earlier, right? You don't want to arm punt. Yeah. But I hated the draw play where they were in the field because it wasn't like you gained any field position by doing it with at least if you drop back to throw and you give yourself a chance on third down. Yeah. You aren't losing. I think it was more about time. Maybe. And ultimately they come out and kneel the ball and we go to halftime after a good punt. Yeah. I think it was but only if, 30 seconds left at but that if point. You, but. but if you come back, if you don't, if you run it, it's incomplete. And then it's a bad punt. All of a sudden, it's a different situation. So sure. maybe it was just more of a strategic thing. Hey, we're not really trying to press the ball here. We're not trying to press our luck because it's not our game. We're, the ball was not bouncing our way. So yeah. I think I was more okay with that play. It made a little more sense schematically. Okay. Uh, third quarter starts. I w- I'm excited to talk a little bit about Larry Ogunjobi. I feel like he's one of those guys doing the dirty work on every play, yeah, but man. doesn't really get a lot of the stat sheet type things. So yeah. he was up over the offensive line, gets a pass batted down to start the third quarter. And I said, man, look at that. That's a big boy getting up. Yeah. They get the, uh, so this is a good drive by the Bengals. And they get, it started with them getting their first third down conversion of the game, which was, is crazy. Well, and so the way that they did it to us on this drive was so consistently the same thing that I was just waiting for the adjustment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got the adjustment, man. And we've been waiting. It felt like with the young quarterback, like we're bound to get something cooking. And, dude, well, can we talk about Thompson filling in? He's been great. He's it's been... only been two weeks, and that's – I mean, he had hands on him last week. Yes. And actually came down with it this week. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he had like two dropped ones last week, mm-hmm. I believe, if I recall right. So yes, and completely destroys that drive. And if this ends up a, like, if this ends up a fourteen to um, three game, it's a completely different ball game realistically. Like, because they were driving at that point, it felt like it could result in another touchdown. So something that I noticed that I wanted to bring to your attention, mm-hmm. they were beating us on those third downs every time with just formations. They were putting us in dime by going with four and five receiver sets right? and then running to the middle of the field where there was no linebackers because we're in dime, which is all corners. Yeah. And so it something to keep in mind as we watch going forward, like, do the Steelers have an answer when somebody comes out in a five wide set and you know that's exactly what they want to do? How are we? Yes. How are we adjusting? It? I think probably just it was more of a, Hey, this is a young quarterback that's not that good, and like he's gonna have to beat us with like excellent throws, okay. which hasn't worked out for us this season. But like historically, but it also has because not that we lost to the Titans or anything, but we've seen success from like quarterbacks where we didn't expect to. But I think it's been a lot of just great game planning by our defense, and it's frustrating when you see them put up yards, etc. But when it comes down to points per game, our defense is there. Yeah. And so I, I think that's one of those like lesser evil type things where it's like, okay, we're going to basically make this guy beat us, and if he puts the ball on the money, then we'll live with that. But ultimately, it should not be consistent enough throughout the game where it's not going to matter. And that has been the case most of the year. For sure. So the Steelers get the ball back after the Thompson interception, and this next drive was awesome. You yes. had Warren starting it with a screen. Kenny finding Fryermuth on multiple third downs to convert. Yes. Big plays, big runs. Two nice runs by Warren makes it first and goal, and they give it to Najee at the five. He gets around the end, around Following the Mount Washington, Mount Washington block. They literally are, like, wondering forever if they're going to throw a fat flag, and they're like, we cannot throw a flag on this guy. He's going to come over here. see how big he is? We can't throw yeah, a flag on will, him. Yeah, he would literally, like, pick us up and throw us into the second balcony of the stadium. Like, the guy is huge. But, like, awesome play by him again. 
love seeing him in the blocking game. He seems to be really great at that. He also seems to be a, like, I think we could utilize him a little more the more we open up this offense. It'll be interesting to see how we use him in the passing game and the running game. He seems like he's going to be a great pick, man. I think he's going to be one of those guys that maybe isn't this superstar tight end, but is just a true tight end, like a true blue tight end. And Dude, I, even if I he doesn't it. run routes and catch, you'd be that size and show up on third and block down like and that one on and the block. outside. Yeah, yeah, give me that all day. Give and, me that. And Najee gets paid dirt and he deserves every bit of it. And he deserved the game he had. He ran hard and I'm glad he got the touchdown. of the Yeah, day me too. Because he ran so hard in this game. Like he gets the game ball. Yeah. 10-7 Steelers after the Najee touchdown. Yep. Bengals get the ball back, and on second and 16, Kazee, this is the play we talked about a little bit, where he he had six going the other direction if he just hangs on to it, but instead it goes through his hands. Chase comes out with another tip drill catch. Yeah. Don't know how he's doing I it. I had that on the fourth quarter. I didn't have a whole lot the rest of the third after the touchdown. The third was pretty slow moving. It felt like it was more just us getting a grip and making sure this game doesn't go chaotically as it did in the first half. And it ends in us with the lead, so I'm okay with it. Start of the fourth, you have a third deflection caught today. It is off the KZ. He comes up once again. This guy, I I think we should talk about him a little bit. I think he's been great. He has been. He's been a great addition to this team. He was legitimately cut by the Cowboys when we picked him up a few years ago. And I think he's been a great addition. When I, Even backing up Edmonds into coming into the starting role, I think he's been awesome. And then now with Minka out, he's he has done extremely well. Isn't it funny how that works for secondary guys, your corners and your safeties, how sometimes it just takes a change of scenery for them to yeah. to just blossom? Yeah, um, I think it, it does matter schematically-wise and everything. No. Uh, but right. either way, KZ, I, I liked him initially just because I knew he was a hard hitter and I felt like, okay, he just brings some juice and, and like he might like lay the wood on a few people like Ryan Clark because I just miss Ryan Clark. Love it, yep. But like at the same time, he's been actually really, really good. And then – Get the the cam the hustle play on third down. Yeah, you yep. get the Hayward and T.J. Watt meet at the quarterback moment. Oh yeah, uh, and, and Highsmith was even kind of vital in the way that the pressure. Well, Highsmith came. kind of facilitated the mm -hmm. whole play yeah. because he got such a good jump off the ball. It it forced Browning to kind of step up into the side, and Hayward was there on the hustle, and then T.J. comes in and finishes it off. It was great. Yeah, it was Perfect. awesome, and they, and I love their friendship. Um, they keep doing pregame interviews with them, and I keep catching the tail end when I turn the game on early. But um, it was cool seeing them on the field together celebrating. Like those guys, Cam are, and TJ. Yes. Okay. They're like true friends, like outside of football. I think at this point, like they've just been through it. I think. But I, I wonder. I'll say this about like Cam Hayward, like. Cam Hayward's that guy. I love him. And I wonder if that's kind of contributed to TJ's success. Is TJ latching on to him as much as he has because Cam is so good, you know? And I think, yeah, those type of things matter. Whenever you are a young player in the league, if you can find that vet that's willing to kind of take you under your wing, plus you do have a dynamic ability, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, if you get a guy that, yeah, if you get a guy like Hayward as your mentor goes a long way, and they, then whenever you have the talent to go with it, that's huge. Exactly. And they say, uh, they brought it up on the broadcast, 13 and a half sacks by Cam Hayward versus Cincinnati. That's the most any player versus Cincinnati of all time. So he owns them. Nice. He loves the city. Hey, Ohio State boy, he lets them know, you know, <laughs> which is funny. You know, it, we had Ben Roethlisberger dominating Cleveland. We got Cam Hayward dominating the Bengals. So, yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool little stat, I thought. So that sack forced a Bengals punt. And the first down play is where we saw Pickens lay out to try and bring in the sideline shot play. Lands hard on his chest and is out for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I was worried because I didn't I, – I saw the play, but I was just – I was hopeful that it wasn't, like, anything major. Well, that's – I mean, we've seen guys uh, – I'm trying to think which running back just missed a bunch of time for – from falling – chest down with the ball you worry about the grip. ribs yeah, you worry about like, the yep. shoulders everything because they're just not protecting themselves from the fall but while pickens is getting his breath deontay bails out kenny on the shoestring catch on third down which was huge it was a and great these catch. are the reasons why deontay johnson gives me a complex because it's frustrating he as you can't catch the ones that hit in the hands and but his routes are so crispy too yeah. and like and I don't know. I, I don't really worry much about the team player stuff, whatever, but, like, the drops frustrate me, obviously. But, man, like, he does this stuff. He does this stuff and like, legitimately, I thought it was George Pickens at first. <laughs> like, sometimes when I see him catching the ball, I'm like, oh, it's Pickens. It's got to be. But, no, it's Deontay Johnson. He's super talented. And he just 
I don't know how to explain it. He feels like he's always never been able to quite eclipse that like elite level, but he has all of the intangibles to do so. And I don't know what gets him there, you know? And But maybe that just allows us to keep him at a discount, which is okay with me. I felt like, that just to dun Deontay a little bit more, I felt like the Dumb and Dumber guy on this one. Yeah. And I feel like you can't stoop any lower. You go and totally redeem yourself. He does. And <laughs> there's a reason they target him so much. It's not because they're forcing it down his throat. He legitimately he's is. Open. He's open because he's such a good route runner. It's There's a reason we've kept him along as, as long as we have. Like, you don't give guys like that so many chances unless they're doing something that you don't typically see. And he does that. Yeah. And this, this – got hilarious because it felt like the only thing i was noting was only third downs for like the next 10 minutes of game time everything which is kind of how it went down yep uh on the after the after dj picks one off his shoestrings uh pickens comes back on the field just in time to make a catch on a huge deep ball for 43 yards georgie porgy man every time every time he catches the ball you can ask Royce. there's georgie let's go (laughs) oh my goodness like that guy is so good i i i'm excited to see how we work him in more and more and it just i love our tandem at wide receiver man yeah they take uh, on another third down the steelers take a shot towards the end zone kenny looks for deontay at the goal line broken up i just felt like the ball was a little behind him if you put the ball in a better position Deontay has a shot to come I didn't love the play call in general. I think it could have been a touchdown. I don't think we needed to go for everything there. I think we probably should have focused more on getting a first down and just rolling on from there. Um, I don't hate them taking a shot because, like I said earlier, we showed signs of aggression that we weren't showing earlier in the season. So I, I could be okay with it. But settling for field goal again, I felt like – this game was still close, even though it shouldn't have been. There was multiple red zone trips at this point, multiple good drives, big plays, and it felt like we should be up at this point, 28 to, you know, 7. I actually got excited by this field goal because I felt like we only needed one more to win the game today because that's – I didn't feel like the Bengals were going to score more than seven more points. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I was definitely confident in our defense. I felt like the defense played very, very well. And it actually – it works out great because you come, Boz comes out, kicks the field goal. It makes it 13-7. This next drive is over immediately because on third and three, early in the drive for Browning, Watt is on him immediately. Oh like goodness. Nobody gets a hand on Watt. The, it's a it's a breakdown in protection, and that guy... Looked like the Miles best Garrett sack, coming up the middle on the two-yard line. The best sack man in the league. Dude, and he's just, just ripping at the ball, and Browning's <laughs> holding on for it for dear life. Like, he doesn't know what... Like, 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 he was like a... Like, he looked like a little kid compared to an adult. Like, holding on to that ball. Like, he was... like, And TJ's just... I credit to Browning for holding on to it. Because oh, yeah. a lot of people cannot do that, so he has some great strength in that. But yeah, that was definitely TJ Watt being like, it's go time. And my man's back in the conversation for leader in sacks in the league. Yeah, he is. The Steelers get the ball back and just need a few first downs to ice the game, which is so different from everything that we've been dealing with week yeah. to week lately. Uh, and then you start seeing that. It felt attainable, though, this I time. Know. It didn't we, feel. Dude, compare the end of this game to the end of the Browns game last week. It was so comfortable this week. It felt like we were in charge for once. Mm-hmm. It did not feel like I was just hoping and praying something happens. One big. I felt like every other game this year, I've just felt like hopefully that one play happens. Hopefully that one play happens. I didn't feel like that today. I felt like we were the better team, and I was confident that we were going to pull it off. I didn't expect us to put a drive together this time for points, but at the same time, I felt confident that we were going to win this game. Well, Najee's running hard to start this drive because he rips off another 22-yarder. He had multiple Mm -hmm. 20-yard runs, and that's Mm -hmm. what gets us over the 400-yard mark uh, for the day, which, as we discussed earlier, it's been three years, It's kind of poetic justice, right? Yeah. Like, the struggling running back puts us over the edge. When he gets 100, we get 400. We are running the ball so well. We are running the ball so well. I love it. I love it. Uh, The Steelers end up handing off three times in field goal range, and the Bengals use all their timeouts before Boswell hits again to make it a two-score game, 16-7. This is where they commented on Mike Tomlin. He said we were going to be thoughtfully aggressive. Okay. (laughs) Which is so funny. Yes. Well, they, they don't do that to start the next drive because Mixon nope. takes that screen pass and just rumbles forever. It was a, it wasn't a great pass. It was a bobble. No, he just, bobbled it and it but just did happened you, to work. Did you see that we only had 10 men on the field? Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not good. And I, I only bring that up because I feel like we've had a couple weird miscommunications on defense this year. In big spots. A- including last, last game, we had a multiple that we touched on. So that's a problem. Like, we got to get that figured out. I don't understand what's going on with the defensive personnel. Well, I do. Because the in- we've had a billion injuries. We've talked about it. Like, so... I could understand new per- – we literally are just pulling guys off the street to start yeah. at linebacker. So after the big play by Mixon, the defense actually responds really well because I, I was like, you cannot be that lax. And they didn't. They stiffen up. Uh, the Bengals have to kick a field goal. Makes it 16-10. Onside kick, you know is coming at this point. Yeah. Just north of two minutes left. And the onside kick got me fired up. Who would have thought that an onside kick would have me so fired up because Great it wasn't the play that Pickens made to catch the ball. It was the fact that he stayed in bounds, drove his feet, and got the two-minute warning to expire before the play was and done. The game's it over. was huge. Yeah. At that point, that was a game-winning, game-deciding play. Yes. It got me off the chair. I was hyped up. Because although we're probably still winning this game, it felt good to just be like, okay, victory formation. We had no penalties on victory formation, which was good. <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> but like, it just felt good to be like, the game is over. We won this game. Yep. The score doesn't look great, but watching this game, if you watch this from an outsider's viewpoint, if you look at the score, you're going to say, okay, the same on Steelers. If you watch this game and you look at the statistics, it's a stark difference. Was this the most fun you had watching the game this year? Yes. Yeah, same here. Hands down. Same Hands down. I, I mean, I've had moments. I think the Tennessee game was a lot of fun to watch, and there's been a couple other games that I had fun watching. I always love beating the uh, Browns. I love beating uh, – uh, Baltimore, you know, those type of things, but those didn't feel like games. <laughs> they just felt like these random, like, I don't know. So, like, for once, we had a good game. You want some stats? Yeah, give me some stats. Hit me with the stats. Dude, okay. I would really want to just, like, compare this to early on in the year of, like, some of the stuff we used to talk about because this is crazy. It, it literally used to be the opposite, like, every time we would do these. Time of possession. <laughs> I can't even know the series. <laughs> it must be that bad, huh? Time of possession. Steelers, 37 minutes. Bengals, 22. Yeah. Total yards. Steelers, 421. Bengals, 222. Passing yards, 268. Bengals, 197. 153 rushing yards. Bengals, 25. Joe Mixon. Ouch. Where are you? I couldn't Ouch. find you the whole game. Yeah, that's crazy. Steelers, 22 first downs, Brett. 22. 22? 22 first. Our first downs can drink? Bro, (laughs) what? Get out of here. 22 first downs. They had 10. Our first downs were pre-puberty two weeks ago. We ended up with five penalties still. Penalties have been a problem this year, I still think. Um, We had two sacks. They had uh, Well, we had four sacks. They had two. And then total plays, 68 to 41. Wow. Dude, what we were talking about earlier, think about what we were talking about. We almost ran 70 plays. That's insane. We were counting down the times until we got a first down. We were doing three and out. We had five, six, three and outs in a row. It was depressing. What is going on, man? I know, but I love it. Unlocked! Kenny's unlocked! Now that that we've unlocked Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Zelda chest. <laughs> you, had a, you had a fire Matt Canada. I had no idea where you that sound a, effect was. You going. had a fire Matt Canada so that you could get the key. That was the puzzle. That was the big puzzle for the dungeon. And now we win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> if I edit this one, I'm definitely naming it Zelda chest. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, uh, so one more thing to wrap up. Us winning Us again. Winning Matt Canada's tenure. There was a story that came out yesterday that I saw after the game, which was a weird timing, I thought. Um, apparently, Matt Canada's meetings didn't involve all position coaches. And I said we would circle back to this, and you kept using the correct word, communication. Yes. Communication. And that's the broadcast kept using it because Mike Tallinn kept using it, and that's how we were going to get better. Communication. Right. Communication. How in the world do you, as as if you're Matt Canada, think that it's efficient or helpful to not have your guys communicating? 
or or all of you communicating together instead of playing telephone. And if you're if you're Mike Tomlin, that's how what, are you let him get in the way with so it? So that's what I was gonna bring up. How how is that happening? I don't. Under, that's if. For as much as I just gave Tomlin like all the praise, all the credit. From, yeah, yes, you just gave him all the praise. There's something to be said here because if that is the case, how are you that hands off on your offense? That, especially when they're struggling, it's one thing if okay, you got this offensive guru and you're just you know he takes care of business, he does things his way. But if you're struggling this much, how are you okay with that happening within your locker room? Yeah, that's a that's concerning to me. I don't know. It's almost to the point where it's hard to believe. <laughs> like, well, that's just it. If if Mike Tomlin was unaware that offensive meetings were being run that way, that's damning. And if he was aware and allowed it to continue after the results that we've seen, that's twice as bad. Yeah. So like, yes, not a good look. Regardless, if yeah. that if that's the truth, like that's not good. And I don't know how you skirmishes in locker rooms. It, like, I just it was not a great week for non-football news for the Steelers. Like. <laughs> Yes, but you're gonna have that in a breakup. You know, when you break up, when you break up with somebody, you've been together a couple years. You thought it was gonna be really great. Maybe it started off kind of nice. You had high hopes for your future, but then as things went on, you just hung out because you didn't want to be lonely. You didn't want to have nobody there. You didn't want to have two side pieces calling your plays. Well, guess what? Sometimes having two side pieces calling your plays is better than having a long-term steady girlfriend. And that was Matt Canada compared to Faulkner and the other random guy. We don't know his name. <laughs> You're on fire right now. Right. Now so I yeah, want to call this one two side. You pieces. don't have <laughs> to be lonely. You don't have to be lonely. You can have, you can, you can fill in your time other ways. We were afraid of being lonely. We're not anymore. Um, so I'll say this. I think it's, I'm just excited about this team, man. I, I think it's great. So the I, schedule is easy. The second half. Okay, let's do division. Let's do more. Let's get refocused again because we're gonna go back into just talking about how excited I am about I us winning this game because we look dramatically different. And I legitimately think we could score thirty points now, and I never thought that a single time this season. All right. So let's start a little bit about scheduling because yes. you were giving me some insight on scheduling before we hit record right. today. So basically, going into this game. Well, past this game, the Steelers have had, by winning percentage, the hardest schedule in the NFL. Going forward, we have the easiest schedule in the NFL. I like that. We get the Bengals again. I like that a lot. We have Baltimore's the tough one. We also have, we we get the Cardinals next week. We got Seattle around there somewhere, and there's one more in there. Yeah, that I'm a lot of lot of home games. Now, the the teams that you should beat are you're also playing at home. So I mean, even if you maybe drop one that you don't expect here or there, you should still comfortably make the playoffs. I think I we're at think. home the let the next three out of four games. So that's a that's a big deal. That's an entirely big deal. So it'd be the West. We did. We already we had we talked about Seattle. We already did the Rams. We did the 49ers. We'll still play the Broncos. And we got the Broncos. So that's the other team. And the Broncos are a good team. Yeah, they're playing Seems well like they, now. they're surging a little bit. So um, that one would be interesting to see. I think two teams trying to find their identity a little bit late in the season. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup, actually. Yeah, maybe we should have started with this one. Uh, not the division. Broncos. They're not. They're in the AFC West. Yeah, I know. But every, every team in the North has played them so far. I was talking about the NFC West. Oh. We got the Cardinals, the Patriots. Which would be great to just oh yeah, just rub their nose in it, rub those nose in then it. Then we got the Colts, Bengals again. Okay. Seahawks, Ravens. We don't play the Broncos. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Um, so that schedule sounds good. It sounds very good. <laughs> like yeah, especially because early on in the season the Seahawks seemed like they were going to be something, and they've kind of fell apart. Like Not that even... you want to count, you know, your you know, points before they happen, but even outside of the division, is there really anybody in the AFC that scares you? I mean, because the well, Bills, the, the Bills are not the team that we thought. No, they were but they as can edge their way back in. They can get in. I right. I, I can see them elbowing so their way can, back in. They the can, Chiefs are the Chiefs. Their defense is really good, but they don't look right. The Chiefs, yeah, I think the Chiefs are the only argument you're making as like the clear cut best team, and even then, you're looking at them a little There's bit flaws, differently. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. 
if we really want to talk about it, if you really want to go there, I'm not that out on us making a run. I'm not. If we can continue with the progress that we made today, there's nothing stopping us. Baltimore, we already beat them. Yeah, they did pull off another, another we, nice win last don't night. Don't get me wrong. The, if we When we meet them again, it's going to be close. And if we meet them in the playoffs, it's going to be close. But the fact that we can confidently say it's going to be close is something to say. Yeah. About one of the best teams in the league. True that. That's something to say, right? We, we got Lamar's number. We beat them with Matt Canada. Who imagine what we could do? <laughs> imagine what That's we could do be, with the Zoda sword. Every, every... Dude, we have this so- <laughs> we, <laughs> we got the master sword. Yeah, yeah. Bro, it's gonna be great. So let's talk a little bit AFC North, right? Yep. Disarray. It's sad. Honestly, it makes me a little bit upset. Because I was although I hate every team in this division. It does upset me to see it kind of fall apart due to injury. Yeah, two teams that are now – I mean, one of them's on their third quarterback, the yes. Browns with DTR taking that shot and not coming back. He's probably in concussion protocol. It is bad news. I They're going to have I, to send Flacco out there. Bro, he looks so <laughs> sad on the sideline. Like when DTR went down, they zoomed in on his face, and he was like, oh, I got to play? <laughs> he wasn't expecting to play. He thought he was going to be a little coach. Yep. Yeah, overpaid. Wrong. And I wish we played him again because I'd love to see TJ Watt knock Flacco's head off one more time. That'd be kind of good. Yeah, I would enjoy that. Um, But I think it's just, for me as a football fan, as much as I hate the teams in the AFC North, I want to see the best football every single week. So it just it's just disappointing. Well, you also, in the concept or the, the point of view of viewing it as a Steelers fan, you want those teams to beat each other up. That's and true. They're, they're not beating each other up so much if nobody has an offense to you speak You legitimately of. just got Baltimore running away with things at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, we can catch up to them on their bye week, and we play them again. So the division's not out of the question for us by any means. Could you imagine winning a division title with the way that the season has gone? It would be amazing. Be it would remind me of 2005, bananas. but we didn't win the division that year. No, we didn't. Number six seed. Yeah. But like just in the sense of the discourse throughout the season, but to put again put together like the ultimate run, oh, I don't know. But I I just don't. It sucks. I th- I think I guess my big takeaway is the Cleveland loss last week is still a little bit looming for me because I think that would have been a huge win for us and actually put us in a real conversation to win the division. And now that the season is winding down, we're in a position where. Now it's out of our control, and I don't like that. Yeah, everything is as it should be. The Browns' loss is what caused us to lose the shed the dead weight, and we're moving forward with an offense that actually has the ability to move the ball. Yeah, as it is, as it should be. You're right. You're totally right. I'm okay with that, actually. So uh, RIP to those losers. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we still got our quarterback. Yeah, man, I'm he's so on a excited. Contract. Do you have any other news? Did you, Have you seen anything about Minka? Because I really want him to be back. I have not seen With an this, update. So, like, when you think about a team progressing into the next echelon, like, okay, so, like, we fired Mike. We're making progress with our offense, right? Now, how do we get even better? Well, one of our best players on our team could come back. Wouldn't that be kind of neat? And he's just been kind of waiting around. So, I think I'm excited to get Minka back. I think it can make a big difference. The Steelers are, in fact, expected to have Minka Fitzpatrick back in the Let's lineup when go. the Steelers play the Cardinals next week. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Let's cook them. I mean, the, the Cardinals look terrible. I watched most of that Rams game yesterday. Kyler looks all over the place. Their defense is a mess. You can run the ball on them like crazy. Kenny Kenny should throw the ball less than 25 times because you should be handing it off I'm still gonna. Times. I'm still going to speak for the rest of Steelers Nation where the fact that they're end of season schedule is so easy has me worried because we have a tendency to make games close down that's what we do that shouldn't and i don't want to acknowledge that but it's been a fact at this point and it just is a fact so for all we know kyler murray decides to go bananas but i hope not i think we're gonna be fine i really truly believe it's gonna be in a good another Bro, like we could just—they're coming to our house. Wins. They're coming yes. to our house. In they're Pittsburgh? gonna have to come play in front of. We've been so good on the road, though. Game. Realistically, this year, like the road's been where we've been cooking. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Home cooking's good too. It's about time now that we got the bad chef out of the kitchen. <laughs> He's off. 
What is he? An idiot sandwich. He's an idiot. <laughs> you got my hell. I was exactly going to make a Hell's Kitchen reference. Yeah, he is an idiot sandwich, and I hope he's sad. Imagine sitting on your couch thinking, like, <laughs> there's no way these guys are going to get 400 yards. <laughs> oh, they think they don't need this. me? And then he just, because you know he watched the game. Oh, yeah. Dude, imagine watching that and being like, what? You have to reevaluate your life. Do you think he had any lights on? If you're Matt Canada, is there any lights on in that room that you're watching the Steelers the game The lights last were week? off it in his all... brain because he was blacked out by halftime <laughs> off a bottle of whiskey or something. Like, that. it wasn't even close. So, dude, we're going to go in and we're going to come home. And we're going to take care of business against the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals. We should, yeah. yeah. You would hope so. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about this team. And suddenly, what? A, once again. What a difference a week what makes. What a difference a week makes. You get a little turkey in you. get a little stuffing in mm-hmm. you. get a little mashed potatoes. You have the ultimate potluck at Thanksgiving, and we're suddenly giving thanks. That's right. We're giving thanks to the organization for allowing Mike Tomlin to fire a guy for the first time since 1941. And we're doing things different. We're doing things different. And, I, and it feels good to say that because for as much as I like how this team historically has kind of kept things consistent, the league changes constantly, so if we can't make adjustments, then we're never going to compete. So let's move forward. Got anything else? Not right now, man. Go Steelers, I've, bro. Go Steelers. That's all you can say. Excited. We're going to save her. We're talking about a next, another win next we're, week. We're going to save Princess Zelda. <laughs> I knew you'd giggle at that. That's, why. <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Hey. hey. Peace out, Pittsburgh. I don't think a lot about the things that I say, to be honest with you.